Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro-seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, welcome to Diffusion, your weekly half-hour international science show packed to the rafters with the latest news, views and breakthroughs from the wonderfully weird world of science. I'm Tilly Boleyn and I'll be captaining this motley crew today so that you can settle back and enjoy the treasure trove of scientific discussion and discovery we have planned for you. Whether you're listening to us on 2SER in Sydney, across Australia on the Community Radio Network, or you've downloaded our dulcet tones from the internet, we're glad to have your company. And I hope you're all wearing toe-covering shoes because we're going to be dropping some scientific bombshells this week. A little later in the show, we'll be reviewing the 10 worst sounds in the universe and investigating the science of cleaning. But first up, Matt Clark is here to take you through all the pressing science news from last week. On the subject of cleaning, a research team from the University of Florida have found a very basic and effective way to clean the household sponge. Publishing in Journal of Environmental Health, the team say the best way to clean your sponge is to chuck it in the microwave for two minutes. Study leader Professor Gabriel Bitten said the microwave is a very powerful and inexpensive tool for sterilisation. Bitten specialises in studying wastewater microbiology and tested the cleaning power of the microwave by soaking sponges into a disgusting slop of faecal bacteria and other nasties before zapping them on high for two minutes. Professor Bitten said his process will kill 99% of all bacteria, viruses, parasites and spores found in the sponge and work better if slightly damp. And in more spikely news from Florida University, it may be some people's fantasy that one day it's going to start raining diamonds, but it turns out that one day it actually did. Professor Steve Haggerty and his team from FU have been studying an extremely rare type of diamond called black or carbonado diamonds. It's been shown that diamonds are the hardest known substance on Earth, but these carbonados are the hardest of the hard. Apart from being far tougher than normal diamonds, carbonados are very porous and have traces of nitrogen and hydrogen found in no other diamonds on Earth. They are also only found in two places, the Central African Republic and Brazil. Even though 600 tonnes of black diamonds have been mined from these areas, there are none of the other geological features usually found in diamond-rich areas. This is why these diamonds are thought to have come from space instead of forming naturally on Earth like normal diamonds. Supposed to have been flying through space for possibly millions of years, the remnants of a star that exploded finally hit the Earth back when South America and Africa were joined. Professor Steve will be publishing their findings in the next issue of Astrophysical Journal Letters. Don't pretend you don't read it. And lastly, a man has awoken from a six-year coma after an experimental treatment. In a medical first that has doctors stunned, a number of small electrodes were implanted deep into the brain, stimulating the thalamus region. 
This area of the brain has a lot of weight as far as our consciousness is concerned, and giving it a bit of a tickle with the electrodes seems to have awakened the 38-year-old from his six-year sleep. This type of treatment, known as deep brain stimulation, has previously been applied to patients suffering from Parkinson's disease. 35,000 people have been trialling this method, with around 90% of patients having dramatic reductions in tremors and other associated effects of the disease. Michelle Tagliati, co-director of the Brain Stimulation Program at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine, says they still don't know exactly how it's working and also states that it's still brain surgery, so there can be complications. What would you classify as the worst sound ever? Vanessa Gardos puts her high-tech headphones on and counts down the 10 most horrible sounds. Fingernails being slowly but firmly scraped down a blackboard. Horrible, spine-chilling microphone feedback or the piercing shrieks of a dentist's drill. What is the worst sound in the world? This is something that Trevor Cox from the Acoustic Research Centre at the University of Salford in the UK has been trying to find out. Acoustic scientists study the production, transmission, manipulation and reception of sound from unwanted traffic noise to beautiful music. Acoustics is about both the physical properties of sound waves and the reaction of humans to those sounds. International visitors to the Bad Vibes website, www.sound101.org, listen to sounds such as dogs barking, fingernails scraping down a blackboard and aircraft flying past, before rating those sounds in terms of their unpleasantness. The idea behind the project is to get people thinking about the complex way in which we listen to and interpret sounds, Professor Cox said. This research has been fascinating in gaining an insight into why people are repulsed by certain sounds and how this differs by gender, age and nationality. This is so important because noise significantly alters our quality of life. Although fingernails scraping down a blackboard is said to be the worst sound by many people, The actual recording of this sound only came 16th out of 24 sounds auditioned. So, what did make the list of worst sounds? Well, over 1.1 million votes were statistically analysed, and these were the sounds that made it into the top 10. So at number 10, we have a horrible humming sound. Number nine, interestingly, a sound that Australians found worse than any other nationality, a soap opera argument. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. At number eight, we have a crying baby, which men found a lot worse than women. Number seven, something a little more light-hearted, the sound of a whoopee cushion. At number six, bad violin playing. 
number five. It's a scraping sound. Now, it's not the one you're thinking of. Blackboard came in at 16. This is the sound of an unoiled seesaw. At number four, another scraping sound, this time metal on metal. Okay, we're down to the top three. At number three, we had the sound of lots of babies screaming all at once. And coincidentally, this is the sound that people in their 20s and 30s found a lot worse than any other age group. At number two, in the list of world worst sounds, we have feedback from a microphone. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. And drum roll, number one, the worst sound, someone throwing up. I won't let you listen to that for too long. It's pretty horrible. One of Trevor's discoveries was that females rated 25 out of the 34 sounds more horrible than males. However, baby cries were one of the few sounds males found worse than females. He said... This may be because women play a role in protecting both themselves and their offspring from attack. It could be that females have become habituated to the sound of babies crying. Professor Cox, who is now planning a similar experiment to rate the most pleasant sound in the world, is hoping to use the results of the Bad Vibes project to help inform industry about how to engineer sounds which are more pleasant. If you want to do the survey yourself and listen to the sounds that didn't make it into the top 10, you can log on to the Bad Vibes website at www.sound101.org There's even a horrible sound mixer and you can download the terrible sound effects as ringtones. And that was Vanessa Garros with the 10 worst sounds in the world. We might give you something nicer to listen to now.
Welcome back to Diffusion. That track was Danger by Electric Six, featuring Jack White. Ever wondered what geckos have in common with the art of spring cleaning? Celine Steinfeld is about to explain how these small lizards can add a little extra sheen to your family home. The link between geckos and cleaning lies within a type of cleaning cloth called a microfiber cloth. Microfiber cloths have recently become readily available in supermarkets and other retailers. They can be used for cleaning surfaces, car detailing and even for drying after a shower. You don't even need chemicals with your microfiber. Just a splash of water or even a dry microfiber cloth will do the trick. On the supermarket shelf, they look like any other ordinary colorful cleaning cloth. So how are these cloths different to your standard kitchen rag? Are microfiber cleaning cloths the ultimate chemical-free solution? Or are they just a gimmick demanding extraordinary amounts of elbow grease? The solution is drawn from US researchers at the University of California, Clark College and Stanford University. A few years ago, one of the researchers watched a gecko walk across the ceiling of a hotel room in Hawaii. How do these creatures manage to defy gravity and stick on the ceiling? Geckos have been subject of scientific study for thousands of years. Originally, some scientists thought that geckos might make a kind of glue to coat their five-toed feet just like insects that can stick to waxy leaves. But geckos don't leave sticky tracks. The theory that geckos have suction cups on their feet was disproved in 1939. Not even water on a surface would affect a gecko's stickiness. A few years ago, researchers used a special microscope to reveal millions of microscopic hairs on the bottom of geckos' feet. Each of these hairs, known as setae, is split into billions of nanoscale bristles. However, these individual hairs aren't sticky. They only become sticky en masse when the gecko is in action scurrying across the ceiling or hanging single-toed from sheer walls. When the gecko hairs get intimately close with the surface, they create a powerful bond that is a thousand times stronger than the force that geckos need to hang onto a wall. These forces are caused by temporary changes in the electric fields of atoms, known as van der Waals forces. A gecko can control its adhesion, sticking really, really well, or detaching readily as many as 15 times per second. So back to microfiber cloths. The structures are inspired by these nanoscale bristles on the pads of gecko's feet. The exceptionally soft microfiber cloths are made up of over a thousand strands of non-abrasive polyester, polyamide or nylon. Each strand is up to 200 times finer than a human hair. The tiny wedge-shaped strings act like a miniature razor that cleans and scrapes the surface dirt, dust and oils. So it's simply the geometrical shape of the material that holds particles in the open spaces between the fibres with friction. Regular cleaning cloths, however, don't actually have as much surface area or space between the fibres, so the friction's much lower. These cloths will tend to push around the dirt and leave residues rather than collect it. It's easy to emulsify the particles in the microfiber cloth because you can wash it with mild soap or detergent. The microfiber cloths not only trap and retain dirt, 
They eliminate the need for using a concoction of chemicals like window cleaners and all-purpose sprays that can be toxic to you and your environment. Microfiber cloths will last a long time. However, be aware that they're actually made from a non-renewable plastic and will not break down in the environment. The stickiness of gecko's feet can not only add a little sparkle to your home, but with a little further research, microfiber may have some potentially exciting applications. High friction and low adhesion are desirable traits for products such as life-saving gloves for mountain climbers, medical tape to hold tissue together after surgery, and cars that can be parked vertically on a brick wall. Until then, use a microfiber cloth for cleaning and stick to the comfort of your own home. And that was Celine Steinfeld reporting. Now here we go, dropping science, dropping it all over. Like bumping around the town like when you're driving a Range Rover. Been dropping the new science. And I've been kicking the new knowledge. And I'll see to a degree that you can't get in college. It's the sound of science. The sound of science. Now for the news that didn't quite make the news but did make one of our features. So, Vanessa, in the whole list, were there any other sounds that you particularly hated? Um, well, I've got, I've got to admit that uh, fingernails down a blackboard does, does grate on my nerves a little bit, but that didn't make it that high in the list. I'm not sure whether it's... It's got to do with the recordings as well that they had mm. listed on there. So you were listening to those particular recordings and rating that rather than rating your own memories of the sound. So that might have had something to do with it, but that's one that I particularly hate. Were there any things not on the list that you thought deserved a place there? Oh, I did have a bit of a think about that. And I think my most hated sound is the sound of a car crash. You know, that screeching of tyres and then a little bit of a pause and then the impact. So that's pretty horrible. That didn't make the 34 sounds that were tested in that survey. Sure. And we've also got joining us Charles Willock and Patrick Ruby and Celine Steinfeld. Does anyone else have any sounds that they absolutely hate? What about, what about no- annoying sounds? Because that seems like there's a great opportunity there. Such as... Oh. Oh. <laughs> or something like dripping water. Constant drip is used as a torture mechanism. And I imagine that that would be a pretty annoying sound, even if it doesn't necessarily make the worst possible sounds list. My most hated sounds the introduction to neighbours. <laughs> Patrick? I'd have to say one of the worst sounds I've ever heard is an angry cockatoo, especially when you're disturbing it during mealtime. Just don't do it. Can you uh, move a little <laughs> bit further away from the mic oh. and then do an impression, maybe? Okay. Um, Further. <laughs> it's going to be bad. All right. Um, no. <laughs> Not one of my best. There's a job in that. <laughs> Giving birth. So are there any sounds that people love? I've actually got um, a top three uh, most loved sounds by, by myself. Wow. Um, <laughs> they're a bit obscure, so you might have to use a bit of imagination. Um, the first two are regarding bike riding. Um, when you're bike riding over wet leaves, it sounds brilliant. Also, um, 
riding over loose tiles on a road is very therapeutic. And finally, the third one is the dull sound, like the thud of an arrow hitting a dartboard. Wow, my, mine's a champagne cork. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, not bad. I don't know. I Laughter is, you know, one of those really nice sounds. And kids having, you know, kids playing and laughing. But that's kind of cliched, I guess. Charles? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes when I'm listening, I, I like classical music. And sometimes when I'm listening to classical music and I'm hearing it, say, a string quartet, and you just capture exactly the right expression for the right time. The feeling is just exquisite, where you get all the all the strings working together, sort of a soaring feeling. It's just mind-expanding. It's wonderful. Patrick? Um, I like the sound that you hear early in the morning when things are sort of just starting out, maybe hearing some birds in the background or... or um, yeah, just the start of the day, nice and peaceful. Well, it's home time for Team Diffusion for another week. We've had a great time talking about science this week and we hope you've had a good time listening. If you'd like to contribute to Diffusion or you want to kidnap one of us and sell us into slavery or you'd like to send us some good old-fashioned fan mail, you can email us at diffusion at 2SER.com. To download any of our shows since the dawn of time, just log on to our website, which is www.diffusionradio.com. The track taking us out this week is called Coconut Skins by Damien Rice. I'm Tilly Boleyn and I've produced today's show, which has had fantabulous features from Matt Clark, Vanessa Gardos, Celine Steinfeld, and expert commentary from Patrick Ruby and Charles Willock. We'll meet you back here same time next week for the next exciting instalment of Diffusion. It has a hole But you can lie between her legs And go looking for Tell her you're searching for a soul but You can wait for ages Watch your compass turn cold Time is contagious And everybody's getting old so you can sit on chimneys Put some fire up your ass No need to know what you're doing or looking for Whatever anyone should ask And tell them I've been cooking coconut skins And we've been hanging out 
Paradise. 